Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Flipside Focus. I am your host, a random dude, Josh. And with me, as always, from across the very, very big pond, hopefully he has survived talking about uh, Fortnite, Fortnite, whatever you want to say it. Johnny the Machine Hughes. Johnny, how are you, friend? The audio guy hates you. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's funny you say that because... Uh, um, before the show started and there was a slight mishap. Um, uh-huh. I literally said as the intro was playing, man, the audio guy is going to give me all sorts of hell. Well, yes, he is. He is. But- you know, he's, he's going to lay the hammer down. If you, uh-uh. if you get my draft. Ah, uh-uh. very clever. Very clever. Well, well you know, I, I have to have, you know, I, a good segue. So this episode, we got a special guest. Yes. Special and- guest. I, I'm excited to to speak with him. We've talked about his book on the show before. Uh-huh. So it's exciting to actually be able to talk to the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Owen Hammer. Owen, welcome to the show. Hello, guys. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Uh, to be back, which is a weird thing to say when you're in your uh, living room again. But uh, thanks for having <laughs> me back. It's good to see both of you. It's a, nice, it's a nice living room. Yeah. Check out that Star yes, Wars thing yeah. collection. I, I was going to say that Star Wars collection is pretty fantastic. I might say. Yeah, that is a uh, uh, every vintage figure, uh, including some uh, custom figures. Uh, my wife and I like we had thirteen extra slots because the case is designed to have all the variants. So you would have like Han Solo mm. regular head and Han Solo egg head. And uh, we're like, screw that. Let's just make some customs. So we figured out what 13 figures should have been in the original collection. And we uh, bought customs of those. So oh, that's that awesome. is the level of geekery. That's the level of geekery I'm at. So adjust your computer accordingly. <laughs> what, where's the geek sitting on my computer? I can't seem to quite find it. Um, um, I found a nerd button. Does that count? <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. yeah. So out, out of the, the custom figures, which one is your personal favorite? Oh, uh, well, uh, probably Ghost. So I, I actually can't turn the camera to it or this this, okay. this setup I have is about to fall apart. Uh, Ghost Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, which uh, is um, just Obi-Wan Kenobi cast in a transparent bluish plastic Ooh, okay very sweet hmm uh, uh what was uh, it is um supposedly kenner made a type of, and i think we lost you as the audio guy i tell you he's he's he's, he's, he's having one today i you know i think <laughs> owen may have been frozen in carbonite just then 
<laughs> Hush. Hush. Let's see. Having slight technical difficulties here. Let me make a note. So that way I can let the audio guy know. Yep. Is it worth kicking them in like look get them to Yeah, let me let me try this. Do, I do, do not you... own the prototype. Ah, <sighs> good thing we're not going live, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, he's back. All right. There you go. I can go. see Josh. I can see Johnny. Yep. Am I back? Yeah, you, okay. you're back from Tatooine. Okay. Do you, guys, <laughs> do, you, do you by chance remember where I was uh, when I uh, uh, blanked out so I could pick it up from there? You could even cut this together seamlessly. Nobody will ever know. <laughs> <laughs> good shout. Good shout. So the last thing I heard was you said that the Obi-Wan figure is cast in blue transparent plastic yes apparently kenner uh was go commissioned some ghost versions of stuff where they were going to take the the, the mold the figures mm -hmm. and uh sell it in a semi-transparent blue plastic and i guess kenner decided that was too cheap even for them uh and some selling obi-wan kenobi as the actual prototype i uh i didn't uh believe it for a second but i wanted it for my collection. I knew it was a forgery. Um, because, mm. uh, I should say forgery instead of custom. I think I'm going to do that. Yeah. And then somebody bought it and bought it and bought it and bought it and it went uh, down in price with sale. Um, the opposite of how investments are supposed to work. And I grabbed it up when it was <laughs> being sold for uh, almost nothing. Hey, but you know what? That's the best time to do it. Mm -hmm. Do you Obviously, really can't go wrong with that? Obviously, they uh, didn't see you coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Johnny, your jokes are... Dude, look at me. I'm wearing a shirt and tie, for Christ's sakes. Of course, my jokes aren't going to be my usual... You know what I'm saying? It's like, hello. <laughs> hello, the world. Yes, I own a tie. Yes, I own a shirt. No, not everything's Batman. So you guys are doing like clicky-clacky-clicky right now. Uh, is my voice coming through okay? Uh, you you sound like you're making out with a, a droid in on on Tatooine at the moment, but it's fine. Oh, really? Yeah, okay, so bit. you hear me as badly as I hear you. Yes. Okay. So yeah, it's uh, I'll on my end. Um, give me give me just a second here. Well, the call to not do this uh, sh uh, episode live turns out to have been a really good call. Yes. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> That, that was my uh, my scheduling non-skills for that one, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. I actually just switched networks on my computer, so I should have a stronger signal now, at least on my okay. Um. So talking about uh, – it's kind of funny how you mentioned the, the figure mold was a copyright infringement sort of aspect, yeah. not really yeah. – I find that very uh, ironic, considering the book that we're the main book we're going to be talking about today, Von. Now where's he gone? I swear to God. 
Right. <laughs> he was surely going to say Von Bach. Yeah, and now That'd be funny, passed. though, if he said Von, Von, Von what? Yeah. Von White? <laughs> Van Halen? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Van that carries Night yeah. Rider around? Uh, so you guys shoes? are still uh, uh, clicking, uh, clicking, clacking, just I, so you know. But uh, yes, um, uh, Von Bach, uh, it's about an undead monster who, who sues a movie studio. And uh, among the many topics in it is the absurdity of copyright law. One of the two things that inspired the book was the lawsuit where Lugosi Jr. sued um, a company that made a plastic uh, model of Bela Lugosi as Dracula. And they said that they bought the, got the license from Universal Studios, but Universal Studios owns the movie Dracula with Bela Lugosi. They don't own the image of Bela Lugosi as Dracula. That's owned by um, the, the Lugosi family, and he won. And I thought, what if Dracula, the actual guy, came in and, and sued everybody? Uh, mm. That was the inspiration for Von Bach. I abandoned the idea of making Dracula, and I invented my own uh, generic uh, undead monster. But, uh, yeah, so... Um, uh, Copyright law is actually uh, very entertaining because it's also complicated, and it's it's amusing to me that that we cut up ideas into little bits and pieces, and people mm -hmm. exert and people have like very degrees of control over very various ideas. It's uh, one of the things that's happened over here recently is um, the pop singer Dua Lipa um, shared a photograph of herself that a paparazzi had taken. And then the paparazzi sued her because he owns the photo, even yeah. though it's of her. It's like, yeah. what? How 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 is that even possible? And of course, I suppose the biggest <clears throat> the big the biggest likeness issues were back back in the day with Star Trek. You know, Captain Kirk and Leonard Nimoy. You know, Leonard Nimoy and Shatner even weren't getting any any money for the the countless T-shirts and the memorabilia yeah, yeah. that was getting getting sold, and that was one of the the big keys for when the, the movies kicked in. So you're absolutely right. That copyright is, uh, it's bonkers. Well, mm. even, even take uh, Ghostbusters mm. when, you know, cause at the time the Ghostbusters was being filmed, there was already an existing cartoon called Ghostbusters. Yeah. It so was when actually, Dan uh, are you talking about uh, in 1984? Yes. Yeah. Yes, so it was when, a live action show, uh, somebody posted all the episodes on YouTube so you can see it yourself. Yeah, yeah. So I've actually seen the the original, um, I, and I've seen them on YouTube. But I know when the movie with that we all know and love with Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, who's, Harold who Ramey. Who says? Who says I love it? <laughs> That's right. I said it. Hey Owen, I may be looking for a new co-host later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know. Uh, uh, no. 1984 Ghostbusters. That is that is not in my mind a movie that survives the time. Uh, you watch it now; it's, it's really kind of uh, it's really kind of dated and because that was one I remember watching as a kid. It's the mm -hmm. nostalgia with it. Um, yeah, you know, seeing seeing the uh, the proton packs. Even now, mm -hmm. I still want one. But <laughs> at the time that that was filmed back in the 80s, they would have to film a scene with the name Ghostbusters and everything. And then they'd have to turn around and fill the exact same scene with the other 
the other name, and I, I don't recall what it was, but it wasn't Ghostbusters because they were still trying to get the licensing for the name of Ghostbusters. Oh, crazy. Oh, really? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's stop. Because he, he's a... Here's a question now that Clans are starting. I'm still. You guys are still clicking. Um, every single thing you say is clicking in my in my ear right now. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not it's sure. It's not fancy ear, AirPods. Um, I don't know uh, what to do about it because um, for somebody who who works with fancy computers a lot, I'm still illiterate about a lot of things. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's a connection thing. I'm, that I don't I'm know. A, should we? Should we persevere and just see how we how we get on? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Let, let's cool. see. And if it gets worse, I mean, push come to shove, we can reschedule. Um, but what would you? We'll play... or, or would you prefer to reschedule? I'm. It, it's entirely up to you guys. Well, all you're the guests, so it's it's your call. Cause, yeah. You know your it's your, your time. Your, your time is valuable. Yeah. Um, I, I actually I actually <laughs> see a problem. My fantastic. My, <laughs> thank you. My uh, my ear my AirPods. Uh, this uh, streaming service. Can you hear me when I click out like that? The uh, my uh, the this streaming service that we're using. It just dropped my uh, AirPods completely. So now mm-hmm. I'm on the um, I'm on the uh, uh, computer the iPod. Yeah. The oh iPod well. Guess mic. what? You stopped. You stopped clicking. All right, and well, now so it's you. Great. Now we need yeah, the camera back on. Okay. Here you go. Yeah, yeah, you sound you sound perfect. It sounds like you're whispering sweet nothing's into our ear. We just can't see you. There he is. Let's see. There he is. There you go. Okay, can you hear me? Perfect. perfect. All right, good. So uh, uh well, guys, it's great to be back. Thanks for having me back on the show. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll... Uh, I've got, like, a we'll full beard straight. now. I'm like... Yeah, yeah. Me too. Me too. My hair's really like great. You, you can see the sun setting in the background. Yeah, yeah. I had short hair when we started. I, I have hair now. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. If you really did cut out the last 10 minutes, I'll tell the audience that uh, uh, we started the show and everything went haywire. Uh, but something you didn't see is my wife was tiptoeing to the kitchen to not disturb me. And I'm going, what, what, what? And she's like trying so hard not to be quiet. I love her more than uh, you'll ever know. But uh, uh, so much so much caution to not be heard over, over three people yelling, what? What? So great to, be, great to be back, guys. Cool. So Van Bach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the idea behind copyright infringement, mon- uh, monsters. Do you have a favorite Universal <laughs> monster style? No, are you a Frankenstein no, uh, guy or are you a Dracula guy? Uh, uh, for, uh, well, I've always liked uh, Frankenstein as a kid. Um, I just thought he was just. I mean, Frankenstein is a little kid when you think about it. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, I like the Universal monsters. I've always liked horror films. I, I actually like uh, uh, like the early the early German expressionist films and the recent Japanese horror films better than the the classic Universal monsters. Right. But um, I I thought that um, uh, making a story about the story of the Universal monsters would make a really cool uh, story. 
Um, mm -hmm. uh, should I tell the Bella Lugosi story again, or do it. we have? Yeah, yeah, go okay, go good. It. Hey, got you got to act surprised, like you've never heard this okay. in your life now. So uh, okay. you heard about? See, the I, I could do that. He's got to act surprised. <laughs> So one, one of the two things that inspired Von Bach is I was uh, listening to the radio and they were talking about the lawsuit where Bella Lugosi Jr. was suing over a plastic model kit that featured uh, the image of his father as Dracula because uh, Universal licensed the, I know, shocking, you've never heard anything like this in your life. Um, shocking. Uh, and anyway, uh, Universal licensed the model kit, the image of Bella Lugosi as Dracula but they didn't, they didn't own the image uh, because mm. uh, they don't own derivative uses of Bela Lugosi's face. The Lugosi family owns that, and the Lugosi family won. And then I get the model kit maybe countersued Universal. I don't know if that's true, but I thought, what if Dracula, the actual guy, showed up and sued everybody? Sued the Lugosi family, sued Universal, sued the model kit maker. Uh, and I worked. I work with that idea. I, I instead of making it Dracula, I made it my my generic undead monster, and uh, that was that was the birth of Von Bach. Well, for the uh, for the listeners, I will tell you, I am going to the home of Dracula next week. Whitby uh -huh. on the north. I'm going to Whitby on the North Yorkshire coast. Oh, okay. I see what you're yeah, so the home of Dracula. That's where I'll be. Okay. Hmm. Oh, that's, I will have a I, fantastic I, time. I, I guess I envy you. <laughs> send, send pictures. Will do. I'm realizing I forgot one of the most important uh, props, a copy of the book. Uh, ah. I don't suppose either of you guys mm. brought a copy of the book to hold up, did you? Josh? <laughs> really? Well, actually, fine. If you're going to be like that about it, how about this? See if I see if I can help you guys out. Okay. So. <laughs> All right. I know that Johnny the Machine Hughes is, is working the machine. So the the graphic Boom. novel here it is. Uh, this is the complete von Bach. It was released as seven twenty-page comic books. And this is the complete uh, graphic novel with bonus art, a new introduction by Kevin Van Hook. Uh, and it's fantastic. It's available as an ebook and as a paperback. You can buy the paperback on Indie Planet and Amazon. You can buy the ebook at the Hammer Comics storefronts, at Indie Planet, at Amazon Comicsology, at Amazon Kindle, at uh, Gumroad, and Drive Through Comics. So uh, please. Oh, and you're actually. Oh, see, there's proof that uh, the real Kevin Van Hook wrote the introduction. I couldn't like just take a picture of him. And put it on there, <laughs> I guess. Uh, written by me with art by Mariano Navarra and Hernan Cabrera. And uh, do not underestimate the difficulty of finding good artists to draw your your, your graphic novel. Uh, it yeah. is uh, it is not an easy thing uh, to do, especially when this is the first graphic novel you've ever written. Um, yeah. <clears throat> the the overlap between good artists and people willing to work with a first time writer. Uh, it's so tiny, it might just be Mariano and Hernan and, and nobody else. <laughs> so as you can see, um, <laughs> this thing came out looking fantastic. Um, gorgeous. Their, their, their style is amazing. It's the right combination of, of realism and cartooniness, and uh, the characters' expressions are fantastic. Yeah. And um, if you look in the third, well, go back one. Can you go back a page? In the third panel, Elsa's face 
no, go forward page now. This is all getting Um, cut out. Are we cutting all this out too? No, no. Thanks for having me back. It's great to be back. Wait, wait, we're just going with craziness. It's fine. Yeah, uh, yeah. we we like to keep it real. Yeah, you see, uh, Elsa has a look on her face, like you know, whatever, because she's getting she's getting uh, uh, um, grief from her her Mm -hmm. uh, friend Bronwyn in the background. Like it, it, it didn't even occur to me to like say in the script what her facial expression is but like they drew like a perfect facial expression you, you'll notice the characters have different expressions on mm-hmm. every panel based on what they're feeling uh if you look at comic books you'll see that a lot of artists a lot of professional artists like can't even do that so i i agree i see too many comic books that uh the dialogue says something like You've just lost your dad, and the character's got a smile on his face. So it's like, <laughs> I see those a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and all the women have the same face too. That's something I've, and the same body. That's something I see so often. So, uh, yeah. So uh, this was an incredible stroke of luck uh, getting those two. Um, and uh, you go to hammercomics.com. That's hammer-comics.com. Uh, and again, I'm I'm gonna find who owns HammerComics.com without the dash, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna the hammer's gonna come down. Um, but uh, right so now, how, how how did you come to work with Mariano and Hernan? How how did that come about? Oh well, uh, uh, I I will I will briefly uh, describe the situation, and you guys ask follow up questions as you see fit. Uh, I found them through their work on uh, adult comics, uh, which uh, they do under their real names. uh, And I happened to be in communication with one of my favorite writers of adult comics. And he got the meeting together. And I was like, uh, I actually didn't know they did did work other than (laughs) adult comics. So I looked at their, their other work and it was uh, amazing. And then I realized, well, look, if you can draw well, then anything that you draw will be drawn well. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, and, and this, this, uh, this guy arranged the uh, meeting and um, I found out I, I actually had some of their work. Hernan did the colors for a Alan Moore graphic novel, and I'm an Alan Moore fanatic, and they have a uh, uh, an Argentinian superhero called uh, the uh, El El Caballero Rojo. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. The Red Knight, and I just I looked at their um, I looked at their broader career uh, and said, Oh my God, these guys are amazing, yeah. and. Um, uh, they read the script. Um, I had, I had, I, this was Von Bach had started off as a stage play. I adapted it into a graphic novel script, which was a hundred times harder than I ever would have imagined. And I sent them the script, and I think that they were just kind of like, uh, oh, who is this guy? Owen Hammer, probably not even <laughs> his real name. And, um, they, they read the script, and then they, uh, um, they said, we're interested, and we worked out a deal, and now it's done. And uh, I, this this book would never exist without Mariana Hunter and I. I can guarantee you that. Mm. I really like I like the kind of juxtaposition between the fact it's kind of like a facsimile of a horror story, yes. Um, and yet the art is so kind of lighthearted in places. Yeah. It kind mm-hmm. of you know like you're fooling the reader a little bit into thinking, mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah, 
they are waiting for that the final shoe to drop. Um, yeah. And then, of course, as the whole copyright element kicks in, mm-hmm. the, the, you realise it's not actually horror at all. It's kind of, you know, the horror is the circumstance of the situation, I suppose. Um, oh, that's yeah. uh, actually, I wish uh, I wish I thought to, uh, f- to phrase it like that like three years ago. Uh, that's exactly <laughs> right. Uh, because, um, uh, you know, just people who work in show business and deal with all of the stupid little things that hang up their entire careers, uh, like yeah. that that is the horror uh that they're <gasps> dealing with yeah oh no uh, i've been uh, typecast uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh so the main character von bach um it, uh, dies comes back to life with his the use of his his uh, unholy uh technology uh and then comes back a second time in modern hollywood and finds out that he's a uh, celebrity like uh, frankenstein and dracula the book mm. written about him has been adapted into a movie hundreds of times. Um, and that's not an exaggeration. Both Dracula and Frankenstein have been made over 100 times. Uh, and he's mortified in every sense of the word. Uh, and he sues them. And it, it uh, this is the kind of story where you don't know what direction it's going to go into. It turns yeah, into a courtroom choice. drama. And you're like, yeah. I did not expect it. So uh, first of all, on page 11, we jump from Bavaria in 1888 to Hollywood in 2013. Um, so yeah, we, uh, well, uh, now I hope people are still going to buy it. I hope we're not going to go through the whole book. Well, you know what? I'm not, we're not. We're, we're, what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of just pick and pick and choose okay. random bits out of it because I okay. it is I want people to uh, read read the book. Um, yeah, so that's fine. Um, so, so uh, he's yeah. So it's it's it, it's about how you know life can go in directions you uh, uh, don't expect. Um, you know, uh, people become famous for things very different than what they had thought, you know, they would be famous for. Mm. Uh, Von Bach thought he was going to be remembered as a great scientist, and he's remembered as a fictional character who came back from the dead. So, I always uh, find that interesting that what, what you think you're going to be known for mm-hmm. can change. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we see that in, we'll, we'll take Hollywood, for example. I mean, you look at Robert Downey Jr. You look at his his past before. I mean, people would have would have remembered him as the actor that was sent off to prison, but he yeah. gets out, changes his life around. Now look at him. Yeah. Um, you know, other other actors and actresses, they're cast in one role and then all of a sudden they play something else and boom. I mean, Christian mm-hmm. Bale. He was in the Machinist before taking on the role that we all mm-hmm. know him for. Terminator. What? I was going to say Newsies. Come on. <laughs> Make it there's a there, there's a great there's a great article in the Onion uh, written by the Earl of Sandwich. Uh, said I will be remembered as a great statesman. <laughs> oh, I I love the Onion. It's yeah. such oh, and you know they, they repeated the it's joke. There was an editorial written by General Chow saying, "I will be remembered as a great military leader." So <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Oh, the cover issue too. Um, I don't think we. Uh, I won't do it now. It'll take too much time. This is of the uh, of all the individual covers, the individual issues. This is my favorite. Uh, this is the main character. Mina is is uh, imagining. Uh, the people, her bosses, 
who like control her life. Uh, she's a professional uh, writer in Hollywood now. She imagines them as an angry mob chasing them with uh, torches and pitchforks. And um, uh, this is, uh, for those of you who buy the book, take the time to uh, read all the signs. Uh, zoom in uh, as far as you can. Uh, it's all that- things that have been said to me or to my fellow uh, uh, showbiz uh, uh, people. Um. Danish is only for the clients. Excellent. Yeah. That one that was classic. Uh, oh. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, Von Bach is the sort of thing where um, I told you my, my hero was Alan Moore. If you, when you reread his books, you find new stuff in them. Uh, there's a lot in Von Bach. Uh, so buy it twice so you can read it twice. <laughs> I, uh, I I quite like this one. This one's probably my favorite. Um, let me just bring it back up so you can see it. <laughs> I wish the big two comic companies would read that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was that was my favorite. <laughs> That's awesome. So the the one thing that really stood out about the book that I like is the transition between you know conversations within the story and then there it jumps over to scenes in the movie and I love the choice of you you can tell when it's like the the movie aspect because you've got the it, it looks like film yeah yeah well they put the film sprockets uh in and um you'll notice that the colors uh change uh not just the black and white but um a little bit of background you know just everybody we when we talk we talk in movie references and and the characters have all these movie references that exist to them but not to us there's all these in-universe movies and whenever Mm -hmm. they reference one we actually show it to you this is how the play worked and uh, these these movie segments have actually been shot and you can go to uh, hammercomics.com and and see them or go to the owen hammer youtube page uh, most of these actually exist as film clips that we shot. And the director of photography, I never miss a chance to drop his name, is Aaron Moorhead, who's become a very successful horror movie director. Hmm. And he's directing the Moon Knight uh, TV series now. Uh, oh. I could, uh, and um, I, I would say that I gave him his start, except then he would publicly deny it and embarrass me cr- properly for lying about him. But um, that was that was that was really because that was really interesting to see his career take off after Von Bach was complete. Uh, If you look at the uh, there's film clips from the the 1960s films, which are supposed to look like the Hammer films. No, no relation. Um, Again, I thought I would lie about that, but people research that. Uh, the, 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 the colors. Damn that internet! How dare it hold the truth? <laughs> uh, the colors are all like weird and gross. Where um, highlights are red and shadows. Or shadows are too red and highlights are too blue. And that's mm-hmm. to simulate the look of the cheap film stock that they used, which was uh, two strips of color instead of three. Which is you may as well you may as well just make it black and white. And and this is the. 1970 black exploitation version uh von black which uh also <laughs> got into the 
<laughs> so you had mentioned that you had taken the screenplay and transitioned mm-hmm. it over to a graphic novel, and you said that that well, was... Well, I took the stage play yeah. the and stage I made play. it into a screenplay. And I took the screenplay and made it into a graphic novel, a comic script. Uh, okay. Both, both, uh, both jobs were, like I said, much more, much harder than I ever would have guessed. So uh, I, I guess it, I'm curious for someone who who may not understand the difference. Like, what what's the difference between between the three? Well, uh, once I once I uh, made a, a screenplay out of the stage play, the biggest change was that characters would leave and go to new locations a lot. The stage play is written so that the characters stay in one location for a long stretch of time, okay. uh, which you'll see in plays. If you watch some older TV shows that are shot uh, multi-camera, uh, the story's written. Uh, if you think about the fact that these characters are all like having this one conversation in a compressed amount mm. of time, it's quite unrealistic, but we're used to it. So... Um, I would. I got a lot of mileage out of the fact that I could just cut to a new location uh, and have conversations continue from one location to another. And um, I didn't have to have a lot of stuff happen off screen. A lot of stuff in the comic book, in the stage play, it happened off stage and was referred to because it, w- it would be too much to fake all these various things happening. Uh, mm. And that... That went to the stage play, and then that went, that went from the stage play to the screenplay. I added more locations, and then I kept that rhythm in the comic script. In the comic script, I took out a lot of stuff that doesn't uh, really work in comics and added some jokes that work better in comics than they would mm-hmm. in um, a screenplay. Uh, I think the facial expressions are much more exaggerated in the comic mm-hmm. book than that they would have been in a movie, and that that helps me because. You know the story's just uh, so absurd. Um, pretending, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, I think maybe it works better uh, in many ways as a comic book. I've got to say that one of my um, one of my favorite TV shows of all time is The West Wing. Right? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and I found out purely by choice, or purely by chance, I should say, that the guy that wrote The West Wing wrote A Few Good Men, which was mm-hmm. originally. Um, a stage play, yeah, and you can kind of see how mm-hmm. like Aaron Sorkin has his beats down perfect, doesn't mm-hmm. he? Kind of, he has that, and I suppose one of the things the West Wing's known for is the ability that they have that ongoing conversation throughout mm-hmm. the the corridors as they move, so they're they're actually mm-hmm. showing you the transition, not just mm-hmm. like one room to another room and the con- conversation yeah. still going on. I suppose if yeah. you in a, in a in a set. Mm-hmm. Like a movie set or a TV show set, you've got that space. Whereas yeah. I've seen a few good men on the mm-hmm. stage, um, and it doesn't lose anything because yeah, you caught up in the drama of the situation and the in the, the script and the dialogue and all the ritty banter that goes with that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, who was I talking? I think I was talking to um, Ryan Curtis about his new Kickstarter book and. I think one of the things he was saying is you can get away with a lot more in a comic. You don't have to oh, plan yeah. like visually. You don't have to kind of, if you're working in TV, you get this idea. It's like, how do I do that? When a comic, you have to do it. It's like, boom, just put yeah. it on page. It. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, there's, there's so much 
stuff in the in the in the graphic novel that would I didn't put into the script because I didn't want it to mm. cost a, a, a million dollars. Um, yeah, uh, that, uh, one thing Bach is, yeah, is um, basically deteriorating. Like his face is is, is disappearing. Oh. Like you'd have to do that digitally with a real actor, um, but in the comic book, it's it's. Uh, it's it's trivial to have some, yeah to have <laughs> something like that because uh, in the stage play it's kind of like a um, I'm sorry I keep thinking this is a mirror. I wouldn't know how to do that. I'm yeah yeah. Um, so I've I've thrown myself <laughs> off my own rhythm in the stage play. Uh, there, we, there's not really a way to do elaborate makeup, uh, and he's just like an undead guy who's kind of like pale and white with some scars and messed up hair. And the the people who um, produced the stage play were kind of surprised that he's like disintegrated and like he's almost just a, a skull with his uh, nose missing and everything. So yeah, oh, there we go. The covered issue four, I'm I'm very proud of. Um, yeah, and that uh, that one's my favorite out of out of them all. Uh, this is um, Von Bach is coming out of the grave and he's talking to the narration. This is a shocking twist. Von Bach returns from the dead. And he's just saying, what twist? Everybody knew I was going to return from the dead. Uh, and so he's having an argument with the narration. Uh, I, I this, this doesn't, given the reality of the, of the book, this doesn't really make any sense. But I, I liked it. And I thought it was funny. And uh, Marianne and Hernan have this on their portfolio uh, without the dialogue. Because without the goofy jokes, it's actually a very serious picture hmm. uh, no, I like but, the picture yeah uh, but von Bach like isn't buried so coming out of the grave doesn't make any sense in the context of the story yeah. uh, but we, we well, put it I on think the it's cover. good I think it's a good break of the the fourth wall where he's he's mm-hmm. talking to the narrator um, yeah also and, um, in, in in comic books they'll put something on the cover that uh, never happens in book they'll do that all the t- all the time. Uh, I can't yeah. think of any cogent examples, but but like I, I, two characters like have a, a a mild conversation in passing on page fifteen, and they're in costume and fighting with ninja swords on the cover. Um, well, D- DC a few years back, and I'm talking a few years back. Um, I'm getting my old timer on here. They had uh, a a month of comics, and mm-hmm. the gag on the cover was every issue they've got to say that Batman dies. <laughs> all right so it's like hey kids this issue batman really died mm-hmm. and somewhere along the line in the book something like that would kind of happen but it's obviously not really you know it's like what's going on so i get it you know there's, yeah. there's the this is the suggested um cover as opposed to the factual cover isn't it yeah. yeah in the 80s john byrne uh did that a lot where the x-men were on the cover of uh, like Alpha Flight, and and it says <laughs> the X Men are not in this issue, and yeah. or else uh, there was there was a Fantastic Four where Doctor Doom is on the cover, and it just says no, Doctor Doom is still dead. He's not, he's not <laughs> in this issue, uh, and uh, uh, he 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 did a bunch of uh, a bunch of fake outs where it said that She Hulk was going to be nude, uh, and yeah. then there was always some bizarre way that they. Uh, they got around the promise to show her yeah. naked. So it was so it was clickbait before clickbait was a thing. Clickbait well, before clickbait. 
So you also got to think, you know, when we talk about characters who break the fourth wall, you know, we, we forget that, you know, John Byrne was there first doing it. And, yes. You know, and She-Hulk was, you know, everyone says, oh, yeah, Harley's being Deadpool by breaking the fourth wall, when really Deadpool's being Shulky because Shulky did it first. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Oh, and, and, and don't forget that um, Steve, Dick, uh, Steve Dicko, uh, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby did it too. They would appear as themselves in Fantastic Four mm-hmm. in the 60s. Uh, and there's actually an issue uh, where Dr. Doom uh, apparently murders Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, and it's <sighs> never acknowledged or, or followed up on. Uh, so, yeah, they, they've done hmm. that quite a bit. Hmm. Curious and curious. <laughs> so you've got so you've got von Bach. What what other projects do you have coming up? I'm writing another graphic novel. Um, it's called Rogues Gallery, and it's a superhero book. So I think uh, there might be a market for that. Uh, it's about a uh, it's about a group of supervillains who um, realize that their plan to take over the world. Uh, can't succeed because of climate change so they set out to stop climate change uh and the heroes are kind of ambivalent because uh this is they they like they're trying to figure out like should we stop them should we stop them like just up to a certain point and um uh it's it's uh it, it basically takes like ideas of just heroism and villainy and right and wrong and takes these tropes from the comic books and uses them to look at just how absolutely sinister the people who uh, run the planet are right now. And don't worry, I'm not some crazy Illuminati guy. Uh, I don't think there's a secret cabal. Uh, oh, no, everybody planet. knows who they are. I think there's a, pu- yeah, there's a publicly known cabal uh, ruling uh, the planet. But uh, I realize that, uh, the fact that there's like a handful of billionaires who run everything. This basically is the supervillain plan, uh, actually having been mm-hmm. been ex- been successfully executed. Um, the go ahead. I was just going to say the book's called Rogues Gallery, right? Mm-hmm. So, well, that's the tentative title. I actually want to call it Crisis, but I think that that, that I think that's copyright. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of copyright. Yeah, I think that's copyright. So here's a quick question then for comic mm-hmm. fans and so on. Mm-hmm. Best rogue gallery. Who's got them? Yeah. Who's oh, the best um, rogues? Best mm. rogue. Well, I, I think uh, Spider-Man just because um, I think that Stanley and Steve Ditko uh, were just the perfect, the perfect team to do superhero books. Uh, I'm one of the few people who likes Ditko better than Jack Kirby and no, oh, hey, um, I'm on that train. I'm, yeah. a, I'm on that train, big time. Uh, oh, see, I, you can't say Spider Man. They're all animals. Vulture. Yeah. No. Well, no, like, like uh, uh, <laughs> the thing of it is, uh, getting away from subtext and 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 um, and the things that make characters rich. The superpowers have to be intuitive. You know, he's got four robot arms. Got it. He can turn into sand. Got it. You know, uh, they did a, they, you know, they did a great job, um, even though they, they, they use the animal theme too often. Uh, they were just uh, great. And they, they were mostly tragic figures like most Marvel villains. They, they were victimized 
themselves and, and decided to take it out on the rest of the world. And um, I just think that those are just such imaginative characters. Uh, one of the greatest scenes in Silver Age Spider-Man's is the first time he confronts Electro, who has the electricity powers. Again, mm-hmm. intuitive. You get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Spider-Man, uh, the, the early version, he's got this mask with electricity uh, things yeah, yeah. coming out of it. It's, mm-hmm. it's rather um, impractical. But Spider-Man beats him and takes off his mask. And Spider-Man is disappointed that he doesn't know who it is under the mask. Yeah. That it's some guy he's never met before. Uh, and I thought that was one of the one of the best endings to a superhero story. Mm-hmm. And he's Spider-Man's like, I don't know why I thought I would know who it is, but all right, I don't know this guy. Good shout, Josh. Your favorite rogues villain, rogues gallery. Warner Brothers motion pictures. <laughs> Satirical. Satirical. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Yeah, that that's me being me. Um, no, I I'd have to say I, I have to go with pointy ears. Um, I Batgirl. And, 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 yes, Batgirl, <laughs> of course. Um, I now I'm going to exclude the Joker from hey. even though the Joker is you know just an iconic villain. I feel like Batman has a huge variety. You know how Owen, you talked about Spider-Man's villains being more elemental based Mm -hmm. where Batman's are different emotions or issues that Batman has dealt with in some Mm -hmm. shape or form. Mm -hmm. And that's where they're, they're built upon. Um, And so I think that creativity um, with those villains is what, what makes them really stand out to me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but I'm also slightly biased because that was the superhero that I looked up, you know, that I liked as a kid. So, yeah, you know, we, we all have that, that one hero that we always go, you, you know, that's, that's the hero. Yeah. Um, and so it, it was Batman for me. No, I, I, so, I, I do agree. They're more conceptual. They're kind of representative. It's like each character represents mm. a certain, uh, uh, state of mind i don't think you could say this character is greed this character is you know Mm. lust or whatever but they they seem to be very conceptual villains i've always thought that the joker um was evil incarnate and uh Mm. that's why i didn't care for the joker movie uh you can't have a backstory to a character that is uh uh, anthropomorphized evil itself Mm. like what's his back yeah I'm with you on this again. I haven't even yeah. seen the Joker movie. You're I have zero much. interest. I have yeah. zero interest. I don't. But, uh, I don't need him to be humanized. Mm-hmm. I know he's the bad guy. That's mm. it. Done. I don't know what. But I don't it, know why it is about this current generation that says you've got to know the ins and outs of everything. Just imagine yeah. if Wolverine was created now as opposed to what he was back in the day. We'd know everything in a four-issue miniseries. Yeah. The, yeah. the crossed over like 57 titles maybe, mm-hmm. but we know about it. Yeah. Whereas back then it was like, ooh, is Logan his first name? Is it his last name? Why is he no Jap- Japanese? And all yeah. this sort of stuff. You know, it was built on and built on. So, yeah. 
You know, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to wait, I don't want to take us on a tangent, but did they ever explain Logan. where the name Logan came from? I actually don't think I've, I, I, I have, no. I have no idea. It's still a mystery. Okay. I, I think it's buried in, in the professor's <laughs> attic with all of his books. <laughs> I'll ask him next time he's on old timers. Why is Logan okay, called Logan? Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll ask him. So yeah, he, yeah. he's the older of all of yeah. us. So, oh, I'm going to get hate mail from him later. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> so, so you've got you've got Rogues Gallery that you you're working on. Yes. Um, which sounds finished, like a I fantastic story. Oh, thank yes. I'm actually looking forward to it. I just finished writing the story. Uh, in anticipation about answering questions uh, on this very interview, <laughs> and uh, uh, I, I think that uh, once it's done, you, you, whoever reads it, you're all going to love it. Well, if they fun box anything to go by, it's going to be a, a ripple roaring read. I like the idea that yeah. kind of taken the idea of what makes a hero, what makes a villain. Is yeah. it is it okay to do a good thing for bad reasons or? Oh yes, uh, yeah, that whole kind of yeah. model. I like how that's kind of mm-hmm. turned yeah. on its head. So yeah, because you know? uh, basically the the heroes and the villains break up into smaller groups uh, of uh, of like tearing down the whole system and upholding mm-hmm. the establishment, and it becomes a. Uh, uh, it, I, I'm now actually now I want to shut up the interview and go write it, but. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, I was going to say one more thing. Let's see. I'm, I'm kind of excited. who's publishing that? Is that a, through through yourself again, or is it Kickstarter? Hammer Comics. Ba- basically, Hammer everything Comics. is published by Hammer Comics until uh, a publisher Dark Horse come in. <laughs> uh, I I actually am. I'm actually waiting to to hear from Dark Horse about uh, Von Bach. Um, really? So nice. uh, hey, there we are. Uh, what's the opposite of making news? Uh, making speculation? Uh, no, I, uh, I, I making it up. I, fake news. Yeah, no, no. It's it's been it's been. There's about three companies where it's it's. I, I don't even think I should say it's under consideration. They, I, I filled out the I filled out the submission form correctly. That's the status we'll, of it right now. We'll, we'll use the NFL been. term. We'll use the NFL term. Under further review. Under further <laughs> review. Yeah. It is. <laughs> <laughs> the rule on the field stands. Yes. <laughs> um, but it's it's interesting because uh, uh, I've basically pretty much every publisher will read unsolicited submissions. Uh, they will they, they they don't like it, but they don't want to miss you know the, 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 that yeah, great yeah. masterpiece out there. But they're like, we will not we will not send you your postage back. We won't send you your book back. We might never even email you. If you email us, you'll just annoy us. And I'm like, well, this relationship is off to a great start. Um, and <laughs> then, like some and then, friends. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and they're like, we only want graphic novels. And then the other publisher is like, no graphic novels. Nobody's buying graphic novels. And one publisher really? was like, "People are only buying graphic novels. Nobody's I'm, buying individual issues. And then, I would. Yeah. I, uh, it's bonkers. I mean, Josh and I have this conversation at least twice a year. I am, I am, a, I am a, a floppy, floppy buying kind of guy. Josh mm-hmm. likes digital and trade, you know. And mm-hmm. it's like we have this conversation, you know. But the the the, the reality of the market is that every six issues, whatever you're reading, is getting bundled up as a trade. It, yeah. it, it's, it's what happens. 
whether you, yes. whether you like me and you buy it in 22 page installments or whether you buy it as a graphic and yeah. get whatever six well, times 22 is the only reason von bach was released as seven issues before the graphic novel is because it was going to take them a year to do the artwork so yeah. why sit on the artwork for a year when i can mm. um the the script that was the final script was 136 pages and mm -hmm. uh i like well i said well okay there's kind of seven logical chapter breaks here so i'll cut here and add here and make it into seven 20 page chapters and uh well it actually ended up making a graphic novel better because there's a lot there's a lot more suspense in it now it's like uh yeah. oh no what, what's going to happen next i don't have to wait a month i can just flip the page but well um, and and the you know the different covers for each issue i think serves as a better break yeah. for for readers to kind of mm -hmm. sit back process what they just read and then get ready for the next installment yes. if you will um yeah. without having to put the book down yeah the graphic and novel definitely works like that yeah it, it's good because looking through the graphic novel there's not that there's not that need to go over like previously yeah <laughs> previously that's, on von bach but that time. would have been funny though that yeah, would have yeah. been funny <laughs> <laughs> like so sometimes when when, when people do the, the trade collections and you still get the previously on pages it's like dude i've read the book already just well read even <laughs> not only that but back to the silver ages if you remember uh, Spider-Man casually says, uh, oh, this is the worst villain I've fought since I fought the Sandman. And then that it will be back in Spider-Man issue four, uh, yeah. Sneaky Steve. And then uh, uh, sometimes in a conversation, there's like five footnotes in it. Like they yeah. don't want anyone, anyone to get lost in the story. Uh, if you have the trade paperback, all of those are kept in them as well. Yeah. Um, Amazing Spider-Man annual number one is the one that always makes me laugh because as he's swinging through New York, he runs into like Cap, he runs into Thor, and then he goes mm -hmm. and speaks to the X-Men, mm -hmm. goes and hangs out with the Fantastic Four for a bit, and uh, there's always that little box saying, "You can catch Thor in Gender <laughs> suspense." Oh, blah 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 blah, and you're like, "Just get on with the damn Spider-Man story." Yeah. Well, oh, I no, think but, but, if but, I. If I remember, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles did the same thing. I think it was in issue two where they go to talk about the origin. And then next thing you know, there's this little box that says, you know, they tell the story. But if you want to read the story, go check out <laughs> issue number one. Yeah. And you're just sitting there going, what, what? what if I didn't get issue number one? Yeah. And it's just. Yeah, it was one of those moments when I when I finally read that, I was like, wait, what? Really? Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. I didn't want to read it anyway, but that's okay. <laughs> fine. The thing of it is, if you want a shared universe, that's that's what you get. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that brings up an interesting question. Should should comic book universes be shared? Because when you think of how many comic heroes if you're looking at heroes go through some sort of major storyline and somebody surely has to say well hold on a second why isn't such and such helping me lives and marvel's the worst one everyone lives in new york yeah for the majority you know so all of a sudden mm -hmm. something happens the x-men turn up to save the day and like mm -hmm. okay so where were the avengers where were the fantastic yeah. four where were you know, at least in 
I suppose in DC world, you've got like different cities. Yeah. Be it Gotham, <laughs> Metropolis, or all, all of Cussy. Yeah. Well, you know. they have their own, the, the metaphors. Metaphors, thank you. The metaphors. That's what we go. <laughs> I don't know, I don't work for DC, so I, I, can, I, can say, I can say what I like, right? Well, I can't imagine why they wouldn't hire you now. Well, you, you haven't heard me on uh, our DC show kick the crap out of Birds of Prey. So. The TV show or the movie or the, the book? The comic books, the last, yes, the last okay. round of all, okay. all of them. The last okay. round of... I don't mind the movie. I'm going to say I don't mind the movie, but it's nothing to do with the t- the comic book. So yeah, yeah. And... Um, but uh, the last the last volume of comic books, I was quite vocal about how terrible it was. So, okay, I'll take your word for it and stay away. <laughs> <laughs> well, it got, got cancelled, so I was right about something, right? Okay, huh? good. <laughs> All right, so you got Von Bach, you've got mm-hmm. Rogues Gallery. Mm-hmm. Any anything else? Anything yes, else on the if horizon? If you live in Los Angeles, I have a new play. Uh, no, 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 no speculation on whether it will be adapted into a graphic novel it's called the ground floor it was supposed to have been produced last year then the pandemic happened uh and uh it's gonna be they're gonna you know we're gonna see how what happens to theater in la if 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 the theater's open if it's if we can do it but i pretty much finished the script when the pandemic happened and it's about a small town sheriff who has to solve the mystery of uh, how an entire house disappeared, and uh, as he in as he investigates it, the the mystery gets deeper and deeper and stranger. And uh, we we kind of meet all the the strange residents of this town as each one of them uh, is either like investigated as a suspect, or we see them take on the investigation themselves. And uh, and yes, it is a metaphor for something uh, that. Hmm. Uh, it's uh, it's not just it's not just weirdness for the sake of weirdness. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's the best kind of weird. <laughs> damn it! No, I'm gonna think. No, I'm gonna think about it. Not just read the damn. Thing. I'm gonna think about it. Oh man! Oh. <laughs> well, no, you're gonna have to sit and watch and think. So you got the trifecta there, Johnny. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. And you can't I, turn I it know. off because the actors are, are there in front of you. <laughs> You you can't pause, come back, and yeah. No, I, I I've been to some I've been to some bad theater where it's like uh, uh, let's turn this off. Oh shoot! Yeah, <laughs> crap, it's Yeah. Hey, last time somebody left the theater, the parents got shot. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <Wilhelm. laughs> <laughs> this so short. This so short. Oh. Damn, damn this place. That, that- that raises a question: Was it just a really bad uh, uh, show, <laughs> or uh, yeah. although that changes with every iteration? Yeah. Well, it, it was it was you know Mask of Zorro. So, yeah. I, I, what, like what to, does that say about I'd like Zorro? To, I'd like to read the business plan for building a theater next to Crime Alley. I'd like to know how they got <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, other than that's a great location. You know. Yeah, car parking for free. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. yeah, I think that'll offset the... Uh, yeah. We're going to have some oh. really great shows. It's like, well, that's not the issue. Uh, yeah. Well, no wonder it was so cheap to build there. Yeah. <laughs> There's the advertising, the last show you'll ever see. 
Oh, it's a killer show. When people debate who deserves all the credit for Batman, Buck Kane or Bill Finger, I, I remind them that it was Bob Kane's idea that the the alley with the crime in it be named Crime Alley. So. <laughs> yeah, well, you would just say you would just say about Spider characters how emotive, how how logical it is how like you know elect, well no in, in, called, intu- uh, in, intuitive is different than than ridiculous lazy yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh good times good times Excellent. Excellent. well Owen definitely appreciate you coming onto the show this hey, has I been an absolute blast. So uh, let me know and, when this is gonna uh, broadcast. I think it'll be about twenty three seconds long after you cut out all of the technical <laughs> errors. Uh, well, nah, it, it, it'll be good. But for everyone watching, make sure to head over to hammer dash comics dot com until he puts the hammer down on whoever owns hammercomics dot com. <laughs> yeah. Um. Go go pick up your copy of Von Bach. Totally worth it. It Definitely. is a fantastic book. Worth getting. Um. Go check it out. And as always, again, Owen, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. For, can I, I'm applauding for you, not for my myself. Thank you guys for having me. <laughs> no, and, uh, we we I, I appreciate I, that. Thank you. And I hope I can be back and someday I'll have you on my show. Sounds, I, sounds good. <laughs> I, I, I actually am going to have to start a show just to have all these people who hosted me on and return and reciprocate. Well, hey, if you ever if you ever do a show where you need like a really authentic British accent, yes. Well, <laughs> if it's a real YouTube show, you've got to have a cat in the background, and you've got to have an insane uh, fan theory about The Shining. <laughs> You've got to get You 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 need an insane fan theory about The Shining, and you have to be a transgender woman. I could do some of that. That <laughs> that was not a transphobic I, joke. I hey, think, hey uh, that, Johnny, it's just I, true that like it's just a hundred, every single good YouTube show where they explain something. Um, I actually found it. I I can understand any topic if it's explained to me by a transgender woman with a cat in the background. Hey, I've got great legs. I don't got the cat. So I'm halfway there. Right? Uh, he he's gonna wear his Wonder Woman onesie again. Oh, I was suggesting that you would bring in somebody else, not try and do it yourself. But uh, I, I, I mean, I, you I don't know. I I'd, I'd want to see the machine be versatile. <laughs> you also have to have a completely unnatural transition to a uh, a mail order uh, cooking service where they send you all the vegetables. And say things like, you can't just go to the store and buy vegetables. <laughs> I was trying I'm, to... How many rules are there in this show? <laughs> it's worth trying to make Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, I, I think uh, that was that's worse than trying to read a Red Hood book, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but awesome. Well, again... Thank you, Owen, for joining us on the show. Make sure to check us out on all of our other Undercover Capes shows, including... Outside the panels that has dropped yes. this week with the new episode um, featuring Ryan Curtis. And a little bit of a spoiler, Tom Signowski has been in touch. Ooh. He's got the Vamp- verse book coming out in September. We're looking to have him and his co-writer back on OTP real, real soon. 
Great. And then, of course, the Old Timers comic book show. Old Timers comic book show, where the hosts aren't all, but the comics most certainly are. This time, <laughs> uh, next week, it is, what is it? Oh, yes, it's crossover time. Ooh, and, fun. Uh, it's not just Marvel DC. We've got some UK indie stuff in there. Ooh. It's about time. We went with the law. Great. <laughs> Ooh, very nice. And of course, if you love Magic the Gathering, check out the Jank Think Tank. We've got our new episode coming out where we actually test out the new commander decks for the new D&D inspired set Adventures in the Forgotten Realm. So make sure to look out for that. And of course, we've got our other shows, The Definitive Crusade, No Prize Podcast, and a slew of other shows. So head over to. I got up my game. I got to compete against all these other all these other guests. Yeah, you do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, we will catch you guys on the next one, and enjoy your week. On the flip side, everybody. Visit UndercoverCapes.com for the latest and greatest podcasts via the Undercover Capes Podcast Network. Also visit our parent company website, ComicCrusaders.com, all about comic pop culture.